right. Well, hey, welcome back to the All In Podcast. My name is Tim Aiken. I have the privilege of being the pastor here at First Baptist Douglasville, and I'm joined today by a new guest here on the podcast, our executive pastor, Pastor David White. David, welcome. Thank you. Thank All you. right. So glad to have David today. Before we jump into the content of this episode, share a little bit about your role here at First Baptist. Explain a little bit what you do as the executive pastor, as maybe perhaps some of our listeners are not real familiar with uh, that title. So share us a little bit about that. Well, that's good. The The role is a new role for our church, and it covers um, administration and operations and finances. And so the way I kind of view it is, you know, helping each of our pastors uh, in ministry to enable them to take some of the details off their plate so they can focus on other aspects of ministry. I really enjoy doing it, but it is much a behind-the-scenes kind of a role. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, well, very good, very good. Uh, talk a little bit briefly about you had a, a long and successful career in business prior to this, and I remember the first time I ever talked to you on the phone, you told me you were an actuary. I didn't know what that meant. Uh, last night, my family and I were watching a show called Zootopia, and in the movie, uh, they talk about being an actuary. And my yeah. son Caleb said, Daddy, what is an actuary? I said, well, you need to ask Pastor David White. So David, tell us a little bit yeah. about your career before this and why that's helped uh, prepare you for the role that you have now. It is. So, so I graduated from college uh, with a degree in mathematics and studied to become an actuary, which... Um, you know, the simplest way to look at it is kind of uh, the person who does, you know, the business math and statistics for insurance companies. And at that point, your eyes are glazing over and everyone <laughs> else's is too. So I just kind of think about it as, uh, you know, that quote from Liam Neeson in the movie, Aiken, <laughs> I have a particular set of skills, yes. you know, skills that I have earned over a long career <laughs> make me a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> Well, you're a blessing to our church. There you go. Not a nightmare, uh, but I want you to hear a little bit about that. David uh, is such a gift to our church because First Baptist Douglasville, not everybody always realizes it, but we are a large organization. I mean, thousands of people call us their church home. In addition, we have a large Christian school called Go Christian Academy. We have somewhere in the range of 70-plus total employees, something like that, between the school and the church, we manage millions of dollars uh, every single year. We have a facility on, on 20 uh, acres of land. We have a building that's over 100,000 uh, square feet. And so as our executive pastor, David has a significant role as he gives oversight to all of those things. And I do believe that, that God has uniquely gifted David to be such a gift to our church with his education, his his business background, his leadership abilities, and his love for the Lord. And so David has been a dear personal friend to me for many, many years and does make our church better. So we're so thankful to have him serving in this role. And so he's very well equipped to help us think through the topic that we are currently going through. So our theme this year is all in. We want to go all in with Jesus, his church, and his Mission, And so we are talking about some different uh, topics, significant subjects that we as Christians need to think about. We're beginning with the subject of finances. In a couple of weeks, we'll move to theology, but we're unpacking the topic of finances and what that looks like to go all in with Jesus financially and how we can uh, do that. So we're going to continue with that conversation today on 
the podcast. And the way we're going to do it is David and I are going to take some time and we're going to discuss what have been called the six treasure principles. These principles are discussed in a fantastic book called The Treasure Principle. Here's a here's what the book looks like. We also provided a link to the book also for on our show notes. If you'd like to purchase it, it's written by a guy named Randy Alcorn. It's a short read, simple read, fantastic resource for anyone looking to go all in with Jesus uh, uh, financially. And so we want to talk through these six treasure principles and unpack them and help people understand exactly what it is that, that Alcorn is trying to lay out here in his book. So let's jump in. I'm just going to read the principle. David, I'll let you kick us off, and then I'll make any uh, follow-up comments that I, I need to. So, so treasure principle number one, God owns everything. I'm his money manager. Take over. So this is probably, I think, the most fundamental uh, principle in the book. That shows because it gets into us being uh, stewards, and until until you know, as believers, we understand that you know this is not you know we're not looking for a ninety ten split with God. Right. You know, He owns everything, yeah. and so this idea. Uh, I remember growing up, there was uh, you know a deacon uh, in our church who, when he would offer prayer for the offering, he would he would mention. You know, we thank you, Lord, for thy ties and our offerings. Mm. But if you think about it as God owning everything, it's not mm-hmm. really our offering. <laughs> right, right. You know, what we're doing is really managing things for Him. Right, right. Yeah, very good. So it's a it's a great biblical principle as you think about the Scriptures and the fact that from the very beginning of the Bible, God is the Creator. As Creator, He owns all of His creation, which would include us. It would include all of the resources right. Uh, that we have. And so it's a biblical truth, a biblical reality. It's an idea that we really need to take on more of a, as David said, a stewardship mentality. And it's the same, not just with finances, but everything. As a, as a parent, grandparent, those aren't your children, those aren't your grandchildren. They ultimately belong to the Lord, but he's gifted them to you for a time uh, to manage them. And so we want to make sure that we're looking for good opportunities to invest the owner's money, the owner being God, and investing his money into kingdom uh, purposes. So very, very helpful uh, principle. Second principle is this, my heart always goes where I put God's money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is straight from Scripture, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And one of the things as I was thinking about this one, a uh, passage that's been, you know, really insightful for me and, and also transforming is uh, the narrative of King David and Aruna mm. at the end of Second Samuel 24, mm. where you know David is told to go build an altar to the Lord. So he approaches Aruna, who owned the threshing floor. Mm. And Aruna said, this is great. I'll give you the land, and I'll give you the oxen for the sacrifice. And David's response was, no, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. Mm. So the idea there really is that, you know, this is a, as we think about all in, you know, an all in component around giving it isn't something that's easy. It's something that, that costs something, really. And that's, and that's kind of a, a great uh, mental picture for what I think the Lord is asking for. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I think, you know, one of the things we've talked about before on the podcast and, and in sermons and things of that nature is that Jesus, does talk a lot in the Bible about money. And so one of the reasons we talk about it is because Jesus spoke about it. The Bible addresses this topic as a significant 
topic, Jesus tells us that our hearts always follow our treasure. In other words, he says, look, show me your, show me your checkbook. Show me your, nowadays we don't use checkbooks, but show me your visa statement and show me your, your credit card statement, right? And, yeah. and all your receipts, and I'll show you where your heart is. Where, what you spend your money on is what's important. That's your priority. It, it, absolutely. That's exactly right. It's your, it's your priority. And so whether it's your cars or your house, your children, grandchildren, and again, some of those things are good things, but when those become the main thing, they get in, they get in the way of us uh, uh, using our finances in a way that brings honor to God. And so Jesus wants our hearts. He doesn't want really, really good donors. What Jesus really wants is all of you. And so if you're all in with Jesus, then your finances are going to follow that naturally. He doesn't want a good donor. He wants all of you. And I think if he has all of you, you will be a good giver and a gracious giver uh, and understand that. So yeah, very good. All right. Third uh, treasure principle, heaven, the new earth, not the present one, is my home. Yeah, this this one I think becomes very clear. You know, one of the things that I did a good bit when I was consulting was uh, traveling. I was on the road most weeks of the year, and uh, a little bit particular when I would travel because what I would do is I would hang up the suits that I would wear, but everything else stayed in my in my luggage because that wasn't my home. Right. My home was. <laughs> what I would be looking forward to in terms of coming back. And so this idea of, you know, heaven is, you know, is my ultimate home. Mm. It makes you think ahead. And it really kind of leads into this idea that, you know, we're, you know, we need to have an eternal perspective. And, you know, your the way you handle finances kind of reveals what kind of an eternal perspective you have. Right. You know, it makes me think of when you say it that way. It makes me think of that that saying that sometimes people say, you know, they're so heavenly minded mm-hmm. that they're no earthly good. Well, Alcorn, I think, is saying the exact opposite, right. and I think the Bible says the exact opposite. Well, in fact, in his book, Alcorn says he says he talking of Jesus, speaking of God, he wants people so filled with a vision for eternity that they wouldn't dream of not investing their money, time, and prayers. Where they will where they will matter the most, right? So they're going to matter the most in eternity. And so the the culture around us so often tells us, hey, the one with the most toys wins. However, the Bible tells us that we're aliens, we're, we're sojourners. We we talked about this several a few months ago as we were thinking about even politics. What's the same true is 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 for finances. You know, we're living here, but we're ultimately mm-hmm. longing for another reality eternity with with Christ. And so when we realize that, when we realize that heavens are eternal home, we're going to store up treasure treasure there. That's right. You know, and he gives a little bit of his personal testimony in the book, uh, which I found, you know, really just amazing. Uh, due to, you know, he, he was a pastor for a long time and then ran a ministry mm-hmm. as well. Um, for about 20 years, he took minimum wage, right? And he took his wife, worked as a secretary, mm-hmm. Um, all of the proceeds from any books that he did went back into the ministry. He did not keep them. Mm-hmm. And if he can be faithful on right. minimum wage with wife working as a secretary, right. you know, that's a standard that says this guy knows what he's talking about. Right. right. You know? Yeah. He's and lived is, it. And he's a good and he's a well known author. So right. he could have made I'm sure he made lots of money. Millions. He Millions. Could, you know, but but it went back into Correct. the ministry completely. Correct. So yeah, absolutely. So God understood that this is this is not his home. Uh Treasure principle number four, I should live today not for the dot, 
but for the line. Kind of an interesting phrase, one that's not real familiar, so unpack it for us a little bit, David. So basically, the idea that he's kind of drawing here is, um, you know, it's a good example from math. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, help me. Help me out here. Okay. Yeah. The, the dot is a single point in time, okay. but the line represents, um, you know, an infinite number of dots. Yeah. And that, that basically is our future. Our mm-hmm. future is the line. You know, our lifetime here on earth is a dot. And right. he, so what he's saying is recognize perspective and recognize eternity in mm. what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, absolutely. And so the person that lives for the line, right, is the one that's living for eternity. They're living, they're living for heaven. They're living for what matters the most. And what matters the most is that we as believers, and we talk about this all the time at, at First Baptist, we want to go all in with, with Jesus, His church, and His mission. And His mission is to seek and to save all who are lost. And so we want to make sure that we're investing our finances, right, in a way to making sure that the, that the gospel of Jesus is getting to as many people as possible. So that means contributing to mission locally in a church, committing to mission as plant and start new churches in major cities in our nation, sending money to send missionaries all over the world or wherever it may be. We want to get the gospel to as many people as possible. That, we invest our money in that. Mm -hmm. That's living for the line, not living for the dot, not for my car, not for my house, not not for those things, but what is going to make the most difference in eternity. All right, principle number five, giving is the only antidote to materialism. Well, you know, there's a there's a couple of parables that Jesus gave. You know, one is about, uh, and, and you spoke of this in a sermon recently about the rich young ruler. Yeah. You know, where, you know, he was following the letter of the law, everything that was stated, mm. and yet his heart was not was not with Jesus. It was with his possessions, mm. you know. And, and and the other parable that is really, really good and I think relevant here is. The parable of the talents, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, people kind of wonder, you know, what made it, what made it such that, that one person got five, one got two, mm-hmm. one got one. Well, it's not about what you get; it's about what you do with what right. you get, right. and uh, you know, and and for, you know, the principle that you know we're to be found faithful, mm-hmm. you know, it's. You know, it's it's doing all that we can here. So when he says it's the antidote to materialism, uh, it's kind of uh, proof positive that your heart is in the right place. Yeah, yeah. So there's another awesome story in the Bible, too. It's essentially the opposite story of the rich young ruler. And you probably heard the story before if you've grown up in church at all or been around church or had kids uh, or grandkids. It's the story of Zacchaeus. And he's kind of the opposite rich young ruler, in that you've got this man who's not religious, he's irreligious, he's a tax collector, he's a horrible guy, terrible reputation in town, but was rich, was successful in his career, had everything that you could want, but then with one encounter with Jesus, Jesus changes his heart so much so that he gives away all his possessions, not only that, he repays everyone back, plus interest, what he had what he had taken from them, and that was evidence, that was proof, as you're saying, that Jesus had taken over his heart, and so what what used to be his God, his money was no longer his God, and he made it. He made that. He made that perfectly clear through his his generosity. All right, last last principle. This one is is I think awesome. I think it's important that we understand this correctly. So here here's the last one. God prospers me 
not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. Yeah, you know, it, it kind of goes back to me to think about, you know, what we really what we really are blessed with here and and how we really want to use it. When I think about, you know, this concept of um, you know, we as a as a community are prosperous compared to many, many people around the world. And yet, you know, what do we do? Do we squander it or do we use it? And, you know, thinking about it, you know, just in kind of looking, you know, one of my favorite verses in Proverbs is it's not, it may be taken as, you know, prosperity gospel, but it really isn't in its meaning. You know, the reward for humility in fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Mm. You know, what more could we want? Yeah. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. And the reason that's important that we understand this principle correctly is because we do we do live um, a couple things about it. One, we live in a world that typically in just human nature, mm-hmm. when you get the you get the job promotion or you get you get uh, you get the bonus or you know, whatever, you're constantly thinking about, okay, what's the next thing I can spend it on? Sometimes you think about spending it on things that you need. The kid needs the kids need braces, the kids need shoes, the kids need we need a new car, whatever. But sometimes we go, oh, this is the opportunity to to remodel the kitchen. This is the opportunity to move into the nicer neighborhood. This is the opportunity to get the the boat or whatever. And sometimes we we think, okay, this is my opportunity to raise my standard of living. The problem with that is we're if we're always living by the flesh, we're always going to want to raise that standard of living. There's always going to mm-hmm. be that temptation mm-hmm. uh, for all of us in our, our own lives. Second, the other uh, issue that we've got to think about is there is a move in our world in Christianity, this idea we call it the health and wealth gospel, this idea that if I love Jesus and honor Jesus and follow him, that he's going to give me more riches and more treasures and all the things that I, I want. Well, there is a piece where there is a truth in the scriptures that when we are faithful to serve the Lord, when we are faithful to be generous, that He will bless us in return. But He doesn't bless us to then go out and get the Porsche that we always wanted or the, yeah. you know, the, 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 the multi-million dollar yeah. house. He blesses us in order to be a better blessing and a greater blessing to other people. That's right. And this ties into our all-in theme uh, for this year because, you know, one of the things that I think about is, you know, let's look, let's look this year and next year. Is my all-in this year the same mm. as my all in next year. Right. I hope not. Right. I hope it's better <laughs> right. because because what we're doing along the way is, you know, we're growing, you know, we're maturing, yeah. and you know, we give, you know, the principle of Deuteronomy: you give off of your increase. Mm. So as we get increase, right. we give. Right. Yeah. I and mean, it's plain and simple. Yeah. One and one real practical story, and we'll move kind of towards a, a conclusion. For me, my my parents are are. Uh, significant, generous givers. One thing my dad's always just felt uh, compelled to always do is always make sure he's a good tipper, right? So tip 15% every time you go to a restaurant. Started when he was, when they were young married, went to a restaurant on a Sunday and uh, was trying to be gracious to the waitress. She was just in a mood and he asked her why she was upset. And she said, well, it's Sunday. This is when all the Christians are here. And he's like, well, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, they're loud. They don't make their children behave. And they don't tip, and, and he just felt horrible. It convicted him as a young, you know, preacher boy that all right, I'm going to be a good tipper. And and we didn't grow up with a lot of money. We 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 grew up, you know, just basic stuff. Didn't have a lot of money. But as my dad has kind of increased in his career, and now they're in a spot where they 
make more money than they ever had before. My parents have always made sure to increase the amount of their generosity. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things they love to do is they love to go to this really fancy restaurant called the Waffle House. And so they love to go to the Waffle House, <laughs> and they love to eat real fancy. And, and so what they do is they will buy their meal, and whatever it is, typically probably you know, 10, 12 bucks each, and then they will always leave two $20 bills. Uh, for whoever it is. And just a simple way to say, hey, as God has blessed us more and more, we increase our generosity. They've done the same thing with their tithing and things of that nature. So very, very helpful principle. All right, David, we like to always end two-minute drill. And so Pastor Eli, who's on here oftentimes, he and I are sports fans, sports guys. So we like to end with uh, the two-minute drill. So I want you just in a couple of minutes uh, and we'll try to do even more of this on the next week's uh, episode of the podcast, but give some practical uh, giving advice for us, just some basic things to help them think through, okay, this is how I can be a, a generous giver to the Lord through his church, but some practical steps. So a, a few things come to mind. I mean, I think the first thing is to to be right spiritually, you know, get your, get your heart in the right place, seek his kingdom, you know, for where your treasure is, you know, your heart's going to be mm. there as well. So, mm. so start in the right place. I think the second thing is and this is pretty simple, uh, simple to say, but not as not as simple to do. Is you know you plan to live uh, with margin. You don't you don't live on the edge. Um, you know I remember that um, you know lots of people that I've talked to who are living on the edge. The one thing that is different is it's all kinds of income ranges mm-hmm. that you see. That it's mm-hmm. not. You know, it, it's a matter of adjusting your lifestyle to live on what you have, mm-hmm. and and I think that's a that's a critical point. A, a third thing that is really important is make it automatic. You okay. know, so keep it regular, mm. keep it going. Even if you've got varying income, keep it regular because okay. that that really I think is um, you know is critical. You know, it's and it's interesting. We talked about this before. You know, personally when uh, when. When we see in Malachi, bring the full mm-hmm. tithe in the storehouse, you know, and, and in the verses, two verses before, he talks about, are you robbing God? Mm. So think about, you know, what is the full tithe? It's not short of 10%, but it also means that, you know, what do you count to get to your 10% there as well? And then the last thing is keep this eternal perspective. You know, mm. stewards are required to be found faithful. You know, are we going to be faithful in the end? Paul writes that in First Corinthians four. Yeah, you know, yeah. what is required of a steward is to be found faithful. Mm. That's very good. One thing he said, I want us to come back to next week because I'm sure some of our listeners will ask that. One thing you said that I thought was awesome was strive to live with margin. Okay, and so I want us to talk about that more next week because there may be some of you that go, "Hey, that's a great idea." Easy for you to say, I have no margin, you know, right. and, and, right. and or the question, okay, I want to live with margin. How do I get there? And there are ways to get there. And, you know, Dave and I have different experiences and different perspectives, but both are going to come at right. the same angle and say, hey, got to live with margin, something that we've always strived to do. If someone with six kids on one stream of income, okay, my wife doesn't, doesn't work outside the home. She does work, but not outside the home. Uh, one stream of income, if we right. can live with margin, I think anybody can eventually get there. And so we'll talk more about that next week on the podcast and some more practical money management to help you be a good, generous, and cheerful giver. So 
we're so we're so blessed to have David and his sweet wife Debbie and their family part of our church. Such a gift to us, been part of our church for for many many years, and has now been serving on staff uh, as our executive pastor. Will be coming up on two years uh, full time this coming spring. And is a April huge, Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. There you go. There you go. And uh, I did not do that on purpose when no. I heard you, but um, been a huge gift, huge blessing to us. Very helpful in, in helping put our church also in a good financial position. So we hope you have a great week. We look forward to seeing you back next week on the All In Podcast. See you later.